0: Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. Peace for the vision. I'm going to go through an understanding out of Nehemiah 7. And we're going to get to a place where I believe it's going to take you walking with God... And as you walk with God, he will give you peace to guard your mind and your heart in order to sustain you, but also protect you from every attack, to protect you from every lie, to protect you from even your own vain thoughts. The Bible calls it a vain imagination. It's really that word vain means something that does not have any truth to it. You have so many thoughts throughout today, out the day that have no truth to it. They're hypotheticals, they're woulda, coulda, shouldas. In the reality, they have no life to give to you. What they do is they cause chaos and will destroy your thinking that will ultimately lead you to making decisions and taking action that gets you out from walking under God's protection. But if you will allow yourself to walk in the fear of God by faith, being faithful and committed to him, and in return, the God of peace, the Bible says, will give you peace beyond an understanding. He will give you a peace. And what does that mean? That he will give you something that can help guard your mind. Because that's what peace does. It will guard you. That word guard is a military word. And it literally means to protect, to fortify, to strengthen you. Come on, how many of you need something like that today in your life? Come on, I said, how many of you need that within your life today? How many say, I need some protection? I need something to fortify my mind because my mind goes crazy, especially at night. Come on. Today, there is a peace that is found only in God. It ain't found in anything else. Now, some would lie to you. The enemy would lie to you and say, oh, was found in other things. But those are only momentarily satisfactions and peace that only fulfill the natural man. But you, being a supernatural man and woman of God, being spiritual, no longer rely on the things or the substance of this world. You rely purely upon God and the things that God gives you. You rely purely on the gifts and the grace of God, on the Spirit of God. And as you rely on the Spirit of God, it will produce the fruit of God or the fruit of the Spirit. This is where you'll learn how to love, how you'll learn how to have joy in all situations. You'll learn how to have peace. You'll learn how to be long-suffering. You'll learn how to have self-control where you're not saying, man, I can't control myself. But when you walk with God, when you walk in the fear of God and you believe in God, he will give you a peace that goes beyond all anxiety, that goes beyond all doubt, that goes against all type of reason in your mind, and it goes against all understanding. Notice it's not just understanding for a sinner or an unbeliever, but it's even an understanding of someone that walks with God. Because as people of God, we think we understand it all, but we don't. It's only through him, only through him, that we can have any type of understanding and revelation of this life. Without God, you are nothing. You're not strong enough. You're not good enough. Only through him are you able to live this life. I was talking to someone a couple of days ago, and I said, how does anybody live without God? I don't get it. My dad was an alcoholic, a drug addict, and I know so many people, close friends, that don't serve God that are barely making it. It's crazy. And the moment you talk about God, they reject it completely. It's because of the lie of the enemy, and the Bible says that their eyes have been blinded to no truth. Their eyes have been blinded. Their heart has been blinded. And if you allow yourself to turn away from the gospel, the Bible even says that Jesus will blind your heart or blind your eyes from knowing him. See, today have you turned your heart from God because of what you've experienced, what you've seen, or maybe because of the lack of things that you know or understand when it comes to God and his church? Maybe media has portrayed church in some way that has put you off from it. Maybe you were around some Christian that didn't really live like the Bible, that didn't really live like the life of Jesus. They weren't loving. They weren't kind. They were exactly like you. Let me help you. There is life found in God, but it's not perfectionism. We're not perfect. We are only made perfect through Jesus Christ. So if you've ever come in contact with a Christian that doesn't live upright and holy, that's because they are living in disobedience and also they are living by faith in order to overcome in this life. And if you are that Christian that is struggling today, let me help you. Repent, get your heart right and run to the throne room of grace and find mercy and grace to help you in this time of your life. Don't beat yourself up and discourage yourself right out from walking with God and saying, "God, I can't do this, so I might as well just live like the world." Now that's a lie of the enemy. Now notice this: Nehemiah, chapter seven, verse one through four. That's what I'm going to read. Now, when the wall had been built and had set up the doors, I had set up the doors. We're getting to the end of the wall. It's done. Fifty-two days, hard work, hard labor. It took a lot of people, it took many families to do the work of building the wall to protect the temple, to protect the city of Jerusalem. And it said, I had set up the doors and the, notice three different types of people, the gatekeepers, the singers, and the Levites have been appointed. Now the gatekeepers were these people. They were overseeing parts of the city as leaders to care for the people in the church When they scattered throughout the week. Gatekeepers were watching the gates. They were watching what was coming in and coming out. But they were also taking care of the people. They were protecting them. Priests or singers were leading God's people in corporate worship. When they gathered together. And then the Levites were essentially pastors and ministry leaders. With assistants who cared for the people, helping them mature in relationship with God and others. Notice that all three of these have different purposes within the city of Jerusalem. Within the wall being finished. See, the vision was this. Build the walls. Build the walls. Set up people in position to govern the city to govern the people, bring them back to a place of walking with God. Remember, they're scattered. They've been scattered all throughout the area, throughout the land. And only 2% of the population of Jerusalem actually came back at the beginning. Everybody would rather stay in Babylon than come into Jerusalem because there was a lot more safer and less risk to leave Babylon than to come to Jerusalem and experience having to walk out in faith and truly rely on God completely. So there's about 2% of the population, about 42,000 people that you'll see within this chapter, where they come to the city of Jerusalem. Now notice this. He says, the gatekeepers, the singers, and the Levites have been appointed. How many know that within God's vision, he is the one who appoints us? Man cannot appoint themselves to a position. Only God can. Only God is the one that can appoint you to something when it comes to his will and purpose for your life. Only God can. There's not anything that you could possibly make yourself do to get in a position where God wants you to get. All it takes is trusting in God's leading and guiding and ultimately obeying when he says go, you go. When he says do, you do. But there is an appointed time for when God will put you in positions. But what are you doing right now to steward your life? What are you doing right now? It says in verse 2, I gave my brother Hananiah and Hananiah the governor of the castle charge over Jerusalem. Notice these next words. For he was more faithful and God-fearing man than many. He was faithful and God fearing. Notice these two words faithful, committed. No one's going to deter him, no one's going to shake him up, no one's going to hinder him or stop him. And he was also, though, God fearing. When I read this, what I see is that because he was God fearing, he was able to stay faithful. When you fear God and not man, you will remain faithful to God and not man. When you fear God, and that word fear means awe, reverence, walking before him, beholding who he is. I mean, we sing it today. Beholding who he is, seeing him for who he is, and worshiping, ultimately obeying him. When you have fear of God within your life, you will remain faithful. What is faithful, meaning I have faith in you, God. I'm going to commit my life to you. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to trust in you. Notice that faith in God is the starting process of having peace in your life. It's relying fully on God before peace can even come. Because if you don't rely on God, that means you won't be in fellowship with God or relationship with God. Therefore, peace cannot come in your life. Peace belongs to those who come faithfully and fearfully into God, who walk with him, who serve him, who have intimate relationship with him, that know him. Because the Bible says he is the God of peace. It's not just peace that comes from him. He is peace. And this peace, when you are with him, comes from him to you. Notice this. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Notice this is the attitude of a Christian. Notice this is the attitude of a believer. Rejoice. Always. No matter what. Rejoice. But notice what he's going to say after this following scripture. You can only rejoice when you got peace. You ready? He says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. That word reasonableness means gentleness as well. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God. Say the peace of God. Will surpass all understanding. It will guard your heart and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. There's so much here. I can rejoice because I'm walking with God. Because when I walk with God, peace comes and peace guards my mind, peace guards my heart. And because of that, I can rejoice. You can't rejoice when you don't got peace. It's hard to praise God when there's no peace in your life. It's hard to praise God for anything when it's just constant chaos in your life. See, it takes belief. Let we prove it to you? Go to the book of Mark, chapter 4. Because we think it's rejoicing first comes before peace. No. Peace comes from having faith in God. And because you have faith in God, peace will come, and then there you will be able to rejoice. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, speaking of Jesus. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the side of the lake. So they took Jesus in a boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill the water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, do not or don't you care that we are going down? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence be still or peace be still. Come on, say peace be still. Peace. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Notice this right here. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? If they would have had faith, they would have had peace, or they would have had full reliance and trust in God. They could have spoke to the storm, or they could have just sat there and said, who cares, it's a storm. We're with Jesus. We're all going to be okay. But because they did not have faith, therefore they did not have peace. And when you don't have faith in God, you don't have anything. It starts with faith. It starts with believing in God. You may be sick in your body today. You may have disease written all over your body. But you know that his word says that by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. So there, you can take him at his word, have faith for it, believe in it. And because you believe in his word that your body is healed, you can have peace right now. It's because of faith in God, you can have peace. I truly believe in God. I'm walking with God. And therefore, peace comes. Notice this. It says that do not be anxious about anything. Now, this word, anxious, it means to have anxiety, but it also comes from something else. It comes from the idea of distraction. This word means to, or comes from the word to divide. To separate into parts. To be split into factions. Isn't that what anxiety does? It divides you. It distributes you. It breaks you apart from being able to have normal thinking. From being able to have a sound mind. From being able to have clarity. When you got a whole bunch of anxiety, your mind's in a complete array. You can't think clearly. You're divided between things. You don't know what to do? Should I do that? Should I do this? God, what am I going to do? That's anxious. But he says, do not be anxious. Do not be divided in your mind. Do not be divided in your heart. Where does division come from? When you believe the lie of the enemy rather than God's word. When you believe what your body's saying than God's word. When you believe what's going on right now rather than God's word, that will bring division within your mind and your heart to where you have an unrestlessness within you and you're not able to have peace in you. But he says, don't be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and supplication. So when I get with God, when I pray, when I have supplication, meaning I'm making my request known to God. I'm speaking to God. I'm telling him what I need. I'm telling him what I want. I'm speaking according to his word. I'm holding fast to my confession of faith, and I'm saying, God, I'm here today in fear and in faithfulness to you, walking with you, and because of this place and this position that I take in faith, God, I thank you that I have peace. And guess what? He'll give you peace right then and right there, just like that. He says, Thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God. Notice that the peace of God comes when you do something. You let go of anxiety through prayer and supplication unto God with thanksgiving. The Christian life is work. No one says it's going to be easy. The Christian life is faith with work. You can believe all you want, and this is why some of you have not seen the benefit of the promise yet because all you're doing is believing, but you're not applying what you believe into action. You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to be like Jesus was in that boat, said, It's just waves, it's just wind, it's just sickness. It's just marital issues. It's this problem with my children. It's this problem with business. It's this problem in life. I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to walk in the fear of God. I'm going to be faithful to His Word. I'm going to be faithful to having intimate time with Him, and because of that, I'm going to have peace. When my mind's going everywhere, when I can't sleep at night, when I got this uh, disease of not being able to sleep at night, which is what is it again? Insomnia, which so many people have because they're constantly thinking, really the cure-to-cure cure insomnia within your life, get rid of the phone at night. Instead of going to social media, getting on Instagram, YouTube, and just wasting your life away on that stuff, get into the Word of God before you go to bed, and I guarantee you, you have the best sleep you've ever had in your life. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in tongues. See, we cannot combat the lie of the enemy and the tricks and the snares that he brings with natural things. The Bible says that our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. Your weapons come through the power of God, or come through God by giving you His Spirit today. Come on. He says, But by prayer and supplication. Now go back to Nehemiah. Notice this. He says, We built the wall, or the wall's been built, we set up the doors. Now, doors, another translation says gates. Gates. Now, the walls been built. Now they're setting up the gates. The walls are strong, but the gates are not as strong as the walls. Very similar to an individual's life. You got a body, and the Holy Ghost dwells in your body. He lives in you. But you got some gates that are not as strong as your body. You got the eye gate. You got the ear gate, you got the mind gate, and you got the heart gate. And whatever you allow to come within those four areas can ultimately infiltrate your heart right here, the man of you, the soul of you. See, the enemy attacks the gates. He attacks the weak part of your life, what you look upon, what you think about, what you listen to. Come on, some of you are listening to people within your life that should have no voice in your life at all. Because what it's doing is causing you to have faith and belief in what they're saying rather than faith and believing in what God is saying. Some of you are looking at the situation of your own life and saying, God's not here. How am I going to get through this? Maybe this is what God's putting me through to show me the lesson. I always think it's funny that we put pain and suffering with saying God's the one that gave it to you. Now, he said you would suffer, but he showed you what to do when you were suffering and you had pain. Be fully reliant on his grace. But for some reason, I think, well, he's the one that causes suffering in my life. No, he ain't the one that causes suffering. He's the one that shows you how to endure within the suffering. It's the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God has sent his son Jesus Christ to give you life and to give you a more abundant life. A Zoe life, a God kind of life. You can't tell me that God is trying to kill you. That's Satan. That's the enemy. No, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes, notice, believes in him. You're going to have to have faith in him. You're going to have to have trust in him. You shall not perish. See, people that perish easily are the ones that are not having belief in God, are not having belief in the free sacrifice that was given for them on this earth. He says in Nehemiah, I have set up the doors or the gates and the gatekeepers. See, you need to be like a gatekeeper. Go to verse 3. Look at this. He said, and I said to them, let not the gates of Jerusalem be open until the sun is hot. Notice Nehemiah is giving them procedures. He's giving them commands. And how? How? To run the gates of the city, to keep it protected, to keep it fortified. Within your life, man, if you knew where I was going, within your life, you can't just open your life to everything. There has to be certain times and seasons where you cut away from all things. You cut, a lot, cut away from the lie and the rhetoric of the same words that you've heard for your whole life. You cut away from the lack of discipline, the lack of persistence, the lack of endurance. And you say, no, I'm going to endure. I'm not going to be lazy. I'm going to press through. So whatever it is that is taking my time, I'm going to cut it away. I'm going to get in a place of prayer and fasting. I'm going to get in a place of pursuing after you, God. Because the reality is this. What good are coming from the things that are just taken away from your life? What good are they? And why have you found solidarity or security in those things today? The only person, the only thing you find security in as a Christian is in him. But if there's been a substitute today, there's something wrong. If something takes the void... And I I love Christians because we think, oh, yeah, this is good. Woo, yeah, yeah. But then you see Christians living completely beaten up and destroyed. It's one thing of knowing it. It's one thing of living it. You can know all the things in the world. You can know everything about the Bible. But if you don't apply that knowledge, what good is it? You can rely right now on the power of the Holy Ghost and saying, God, I need you. I got a lot of word in me, God. I got a lot of scripture in me. I got a lot of experience. But God, that means absolutely nothing if I don't serve you wholeheartedly with my whole heart. See, someone that's brand new in Christ that just fully relies on the power of God can do more than someone that's been serving God for 30 years that just has a bunch of information. Notice it's not by how much you know where you overcome, it's by how much you rely on him that you overcome. <laughs> knowledge is power, for sure. And you need to grow and you need to get wisdom and knowledge and understanding and all that you can get, just like the Bible says. But let me help you. Don't ever lose that childlike faith. Don't ever lose that innocence of just fully believing God no matter what you feel, no matter what you face, no matter what you're struggling with. Struggling with, fully rely on him. I said this on Wednesday night. You don't need 10 scriptures to overcome something that you're going against. You can just use one scripture, the same scripture that you've known for 50 years, and continue to stand on it. Greater is he who is in you than he that's in the world. If you could just get a revelation of that, you don't need another scripture. You don't need to find another one. Just stand right there. Is the power of God's word in one scripture lost its power or lost its authority just because you don't know ten of them? No. But does that stop you from growing? Of course not. Is that an excuse and uh, just a lazy answer? Well, I know one. I don't need to know the rest. No. That's just lazy. That's lack of discipline. That's a lack of pursuing God. He says, and while they are standing guard... Let them shut and bar the doors. While they were standing guard, let them shut and bar the doors. You have to guard your eyes, your ears, your mind, and your heart. You have to shut things out. The Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. If they wouldn't have guarded the gates, if they wouldn't have barred the doors and shut them up, it would have caused an easy attack. It would have gave way for opposition to easily come in and destroy everything that they were building, to destroy the people. Because we knew that we had Sanballat, we had Tobiah, we had Geshem, and Tobiah, he was actually married into one of the families. And so he had a lot of, uh, camar- uh, camar- what was the word? He had a lot of friendship, he had a lot of uh, influence within the people of Jerusalem. And so a lot of people liked him, they knew him, but he was a manipulator, he was a liar. Ultimately, he was just trying to cause division and kill Nehemiah and stop the work that God had called him to do. And there's many people like that within the house of God where they don't care about the church, they don't care about the body, they're just after it for themselves. But today we got to stay on guard. Today, within your family, you got to guard your family. You got to guard your children, especially in the day that you live in. You got to guard your family, guard your children from every type of ideology out there, every type of indoctrination that is not holy and godly and pure and right. If it doesn't line up with the word, it's not of God. And if you have an issue with that, or if you have a problem with that, or you're having a hard time wrestle with that, let me help you. Stay close to God and choose his word over your word, over your thought, over your reason, even if you don't get it yet. Believe that God will reveal it to you and show you. And even if he doesn't show you everything that you want to know yet, just still believe in his word. His word has final authority. And sometimes we like to reason it right out because we don't like it. We don't, well that's not love I don't see love that way yeah you've allowed an agenda to come into your life of what you think love is and it's a worldly view and it's a secular view and it's not a godly view and this is why it's hard for you to receive of God's word because you don't like it because you can't line up with it within your mind he never told you to line up with his word within your mind he said just believe in it and trust in it that's on everything The good thing about God, though, is he gives you grace and time to learn those things. But one of the things that you can learn as well is be slow to speak, slow to anger, and quick to listen. And this is what we do within the body because you're going to have people within the body that think differently, that have different perspectives, that have different understandings, and that see things differently. But one of the things that you must do is guard your heart by keeping the unity in the faith, staying in love to one another. Don't allow your own opinions and allow your own preferences to get in the way of loving the people of God. Because the moment you do that, well, everybody's wrong and you're right and you've gotten to spiritual pride. And the enemy will use you for a place of division within the people. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart. Remember, he says in Philippians, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind. So peace will guard you. It will guard your heart. It will guard your mind. Proverbs says guard your heart. How do you guard it? It comes by peace for it determines the course of your life. Peace is what's going to determine the course of your life. When you're walking in peace, it's going to determine... How you stay sure in faith, walking it out and trusting in God no matter what. No matter what I'm facing today, I'm guarded by peace. My mind is stayed on God. And therefore, the course of my life is going in the direction of his will and purpose for my life. I'm not being dissuaded to another idea. I'm not getting off. I'm staying right on course because I'm guarding my mind because peace is. Is in me because I walk with God. I'm faithful to serve Him and fearfully walk with Him. 1 Peter 5 6 says, Humble yourself. 1 Peter 5 6. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you. Casting all your cares, or casting all your anxieties on him. Notice the word anxiety means divided, to divide. A scripture on division that we see that Jesus said, it says, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Jesus referred to you as a body or as a temple, as a house. And how can a house stand when the testing comes, when the trial comes, if it's built upon a foundation of wood, hay, and stubble? It can only stand if it's built on precious stones, something that has value, something that has worth. See, a kingdom divided itself is literally what anxiety does within you. Anxiety causes you to be divided within yourself where you don't know if you can trust God or you're going to trust what you feel. You can't trust God because it doesn't seem real. It's like it's hard to grasp it. But that is what faith is, right? It's saying, God, I trust you no matter the five senses, no matter what I'm feeling, no matter reason, no matter what my emotions say. I'm standing in faith because your word says it. So if your word says it, God, I know I have it. I'm healed today. See, some of you just need to stand up for a moment and say, I'm healed in my body. Disease, leave my body. Pain, leave my body. Destruction, leave my no, You haven't got it yet. Some of you need to stand up for a moment today and say, God, I know I'm healed. God, I receive my healing. You still haven't received yet because if you did, you'd be up off your feet right now. In the name of Jesus today. Oh, oh, rahayeshitarabah. Ah, yeah, it's it. Hold on, oh, Rabbi Ishikai, a bar, Rebeta, a roche, a tar, bahar, a bee, oh, a tar, Oh, yeah, the Lord says, if you will stand today and trust in my word. Oh, if you would just see that I'm performing according to what I have spoken. Oh, you would receive of my truth. Oh, walk in it, says the Lord, and there will peace will come. Peace will come beyond your own understanding. Peace will come beyond your own reason. Today, walk in my word. I am speaking and I have spoken. So stand and trust that I will perform, says God. In the name of Jesus. Come on, give him praise today. See, you, you got to learn how to hear, not with this, but right here. You got to learn how to hear with your heart. See, because the people standing up are understanding, it's, I'm received it, I have it, I'm healed. You, you, you ain't going to miss your moment. See, some of you have been having disease within your body for so many years that you've accepted it to be truth. But disease is not God's final word. No, healing is his final word. So why would you give up on it? Don't give up on it. Stand on it. Stand on healing. Stand on his word and say, no, I have it. It's mine. Satan, you're a liar. And you continue to stand and fight as much as you can in faith. And again, I say rejoice. Always. I can rejoice because my mind is guarded and my mind is guarded by peace because I am walking with the God of peace. And he says this, casting all your anxieties, 1 Peter 5, 6, verse 7, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. How many know the Bible says that he cares for you? I've told you these things. Notice this. I have told you these things so that you may have peace in me. I have told you these things so that you have made peace in me. When you get in his word, when you walk with him, and you listen, and you respond by faith, peace comes. He said, he's speaking to his disciples, I've told you this so that peace will come. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. In the world, there are going to be many trials, many sorrows. Notice, serving God does not mean there's no trials or sorrow. Every single one of us that is serving God have had trials and sorrow. Some have been because of choices we've made. Others have come because we are just in this life. Some have asked, why do bad things happen to good people? The reality is you're not promised tomorrow. If you were to die right now, You have an everlasting hope. You have an everlasting life as a Christian. Christians are the only people that are not scared of death. I'm not scared of death. I'm already dead to this world. I'm alive in Christ. I'm on here this earth for temporary. And my temporal time here is to be a minister of the gospel just like you. And I know it's hard to understand that because we live in such a now moment. Our perspective is so just right now. What I can see, what I can taste, what I can feel. And this is why, for an unbeliever, it's hard to understand why even serve God. You're going to miss your life. No, you don't understand. My life is found in him, and I'm nothing without him. And you can know him just like I know him, and it'll wreck your life from being normal. He says, you're going to have tribulation, but take heart. Take heart. Another translation says, but be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident. Be certain. Be undaunted. Be faithful. Walk with me. Know me. For I have overcome the world. Now notice this, I have. What kind of statement is that? It's done. I have. Not I'm going to. Or I may if you do something for me. I have. All you have to do is trust and believe. And then when you trust and believe, then God will lead you in how to act. He says, "I have overcome the world. I have conquered it for you." The world has been overcome by our Lord. Every lie of the enemy. Everything that comes with the world, the curse Of the law, which is sickness, spiritual death, unrighteousness, poverty. It's been killed. It's been dead. It's been destroyed through the precious blood of the lamb. He's overcome, the Bible says in Revelations, by the word of our testimony and by the blood of his lamb. By the blood of the lamb. Today, you overcome by the word of your testimony and by the blood of the lamb. Don't believe and receive anything else. Trust in that alone. I'm going to finish right here. Nehemiah for he was more faithful and god-fearing than any verse 2 it says and then, sorry verse 3 and while they were standing guard let them shut open the doors or shut the doors appoint guards from among the inhabitants of Jerusalem some at their guard posts and some at the front of their homes. And the city was wide and large but the people in it were few and no houses had been built. Notice the walls been built. The, t- the uh, doors have been built. But within the city itself, there were very few people because the houses had not been built yet. See, sometimes when it comes to vision, when it comes to the work, it seems like it ain't working. But the reality is that there's processes to the vision. There's steps to the vision. And you can't despise the step that you're in right now. Don't get upset and angry because it's not completely filled yet. You're not doing exactly what you know God showed you. I guarantee you, Nehemiah at times probably would have said, man, I can see what this is. I can see what's going to become God. I guarantee you through those times of prayer and fasting, he knew. But that's not to say that he never wasn't tested. I guarantee you, Nehemiah needed the peace of God in order to fulfill the vision that God called him to. Because he had many different oppositions, from the inside, from the outside. See, in order to do what God's called us to do, it's going to take peace. But you're going to have to walk with God in order to have peace. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.